Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm on my own once again this week, and it seems like a bit of a routine now. It's, it's strange. Every single time I get a prediction where Ayers doesn't show, I don't know what that's about, but it's now 2-2 on the Prediction League for those that um, that aren't aware of it. It's actually 2-2. I was 2-0 down, and I'm now 2-2 because I picked Linares to beat Crawler, which was a bit hard to do because I'm a huge, huge fan of Crawler, but we'll get down to that in the review part of the show which we're about to dive into so we're going to start with a card that took place over in the Dominican Republic um, Javier Fortuna 29 and 1 with the one draw going into his bout he picked up a TKO in round 2 over Marlin Cabrera who had a record of 22 and oh, he was undefeated he's now got his first career blemish so 30th career win there for Javier Fortuna it's a good win for him but that's really it for the Dominican Republic just the one fight there now we're over in the big one taking place in Manchester Arena, of course, the MEN Arena, the Phones for You Arena, whatever you want to call it. Top of the bill, as I just mentioned a few seconds ago, Anthony Crawler, he put his WBA World Lightweight title on the line against tricky veteran, former world champion, of course, Jorge Linares. It was always going to be a tough ask for Anthony Crawler. I knew that myself. That's why I went with uh, Linares to win the fight last week. But I've got to say, it was a really, really, really good fight. It was one of those fights. The whole card wasn't so exciting. I watched the whole bill, but um, I've got to be honest, some of the fights were a bit boring. And then when it comes to the main event, the main event was really, really, really good. It was certainly one that... Um, you know, it was just exciting beforehand. It's it's brilliant. You know, the atmosphere looked really good. And when the fight was 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 on, when it was during the fight, you couldn't really blink. It was one of those fights. Crawler, I've got to give him some serious credit. Every single fight he's in at the moment, he's really... Um, they, they seem to be such great fights. He's just come out of nowhere. He's suddenly just... He's raised his game so much. It's, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic for British boxing, a great ambassador for the sport uh, in the last couple of years. And I've got to say, you know, he went in there, he put it all on the line, and he started... He didn't start fantastically. I think Jorge Linares was establishing, you know, his skill set pretty much from the get-go. Um, I think during some of the middle rounds, Crawler done really, really well. Even though I say Linares was establishing his skill set, he wasn't necessarily winning the rounds big. You could really kind of give him either way for the first four or five rounds, I thought. I think that probably Crawler got most of them being the home fighter, but... In that seventh round, I think it was the seventh or the eighth round when Crawler really hurt Linares. It looked like the stoppage was inevitable. It really did look like it was going to come um, within really a few seconds. But then um, next thing you know, he just he just turned it around like a switch, you know. And Linares actually managed to hurt Crawler. And it really looked like Crawler was going to get stopped. And then he kind of got saved by the bell. And I think that was a tremendous, tremendous round. And that was the turning point because, you know, Crawler was probably going to be cruising to some sort of decision. I know that Paulie Malinagi, I've got to add in there, he was very... Um, 
he seemed to sort of be attacking the 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 officiating. Um, I've got to say so. I know that he was giving his honest opinion, and I I give him credit for actually not really caring and not kind of following the rules and actually saying, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. And he stood up for Linares and I appreciate that. I think he might've been a little bit too strong, but Paulie, he just, he doesn't give a damn. He says it how it is. And I really respect that, you know, the way he is um, for being like that. But it will be interesting how many fights they pull him over here for because uh, I'm don't, I don't think some of the top guys would have appreciated that. Some of the top guys at Sky would have appreciated that. So maybe he'll, he'll only be here for some of the big ones, the, the Brooke Golovkins and the Joshua fights and stuff like that. I mean, Paulie really does know boxing, you know, but how much does he really know about some of these undercard fighters, you know? I mean, how much can he really know about, you know, people like John Ryder, Callum Johnson, Jose Byrne, people like that? You know, I'm not I'm not knocking any of them. I'm just saying, you know, he's from a completely different part of the world. And how much does he really know about these guys? I don't know. But he made some great points. He did. But I just think, was there any need for him to really come over when it was really one big fight on the whole card? But as I say, Crawler done really well. I'm really, um, you know, impressed by him again. I think he was really good. And he was he was kind of, um, he showed, he, he's a tough, tough guy, Crawler. He took a lot of big shots. He stood up to it. His defense was great, actually. His defense was really, really great. But Linares, you know, when it looked like he was about to get stopped or something like that, he just found his second wind. And that is that is just proof of how great the guy is. You know, he really is a future Hall of Famer, simple as that. You know, he's he's been fantastic for the sport. It was his 41st career win, ultimately. And uh, as I say, when he, real, real good fighters can find their second wind. They, they can. It's just a, it's experience at world level. That's what it is. And he showed that, Linares. And I don't really want to be too critical of Crawler, but he outclassed him. It hurts me to say that. It really does. But uh, I'm sure Crawler will be back again. You know, hopefully now he's um, he's in a bit of a lower position than Terry Flanagan. Hopefully egos can be put aside here. I don't think it's so much from the fighters, but the promoters. You know, Terry Flanagan, he's now, he's, he's still a world champion. Crawler's not. So maybe that fight can get made. And um, hopefully we see Crawler in another big fight. But Again, I don't know what's happening. I think there may have been a rematch clause, so we may see that fight happen again. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We'll see what the future holds. But Crawler definitely not finished at all. His record: thirty-one wins, five losses, and three draws. And as I said, Jorge Linares: forty-one wins and the three losses. On the undercard, John Ryder was actually upset against Jack Armfield. This was a fight I really thought John Ryder would have in the bag. To be honest, um, it was for the WBA International Middleweight Title, which was John Ryder title and he lost it to Jack Armfield so um, a bit disappointing there you know John Ryder he's been on the show before I really thought he was going to do this pretty easy and um, I've got to be completely honest though I think he won the fight it was a very strange card uh, that was read out it was, it was a few strange cards the judges it was kind of weird it was like you either had it big for John Ryder or you had it big for Jack Armfield and I think one or two of the judges' scorecards had it quite big for Jack Armfield. I couldn't believe that, to be honest. But uh, John Ryder, he's really kind of showed that British level is kind of as far as he can go at this stage, which I think, you know, he put in a great performance back when he fought Billy Joe Saunders. He he matched him, you know, it was it was a close fight, in my opinion. And he kind of hasn't really been able to perform like that 
since that loss. So I don't know if he can regroup, but I really hope he can because he's a top, top, top guy. He really, really is. Also on that card, Callum Johnson moved to 16-0 and and he picked up the vacant Commonwealth light heavyweight title while doing so. His opponent was actually given a count in the seventh round and um, he also actually had uh, points deducted in the fifth and seventh round for holding. His opponent, Wilberforce Shishepo, and that was a ninth round KO there in favour of Callum Johnson. Also on the bill, Josea Burton. I'm a big fan of his. He cruised to 18-0 and with a TKO in round three over Fernando Castaneda. Castaneda was down twice in the third round. Of course, he was supposed to fight Frank Bullioni, Jose Burton, but Frank Bullioni pulled out with a cut and Castaneda stepped in and Frank Bullioni stopped Castaneda in five rounds, but Jose Burton's done it in three. So an impressive win there for Jose Burton and hopefully we see the Bullioni fight rescheduled because it's made it even more juicier. Also on the bill, Marcus Morrison moved to 13-0 and with a KO in the first round, a body shot followed by a right hook. Great, great, great combination. Real smart stuff there from Marcus Morrison. Also on the bill, Isaac Lowe. His fight wasn't televised, but he moved to 13-0. and Of course, he's got that one draw with a points win over six rounds against Elvis Guillen. And finally, Conor Ben cruised to 5-0 and on this bill. I say cruised. It wasn't really an easy fight. He fought a guy called Ross Jamison, who had one win and one loss. Conor Ben, of course, the four wins going into the bout. But Ross Jamison, you know, no one knew nothing about him. He came in there and he came to fight, you know. Some parts of the fight, he was um, he was mainly boxing off the back foot. But he was landing good shots on Conor Ben. And I tell you what, although Conor Ben got the job done and he was a lot stronger, a lot more powerful a lot more fitter, you know, more athletic. It was the first six-rounder that Conor Ben's actually um, has actually been. I don't think he looked too great stamina-wise in the fifth and sixth round. He did look very tired, but that's just the way he fights. He's, he's a bit reckless at times, Conor Ben, and I hope that that's something that he can, you know, improve on as he progresses because his opponent, he really came and gave it some, and I think that he could have even nicked one of or one or two of the rounds, to be honest, if he had a little bit more power, a little bit more snapping his punches, he just didn't have it. But he, you know, he he he, he marked up Conor Ben, Conor Ben pretty well. He really did. If you see after the fight, Conor Ben really looked like he was in a big fight, you know. And you've got to be honest, this guy's only had one one win and one loss. So I hope he does pick up his game, Conor Ben. But I'm sure he will. He's certainly got the right people around him to do so. But that's really it for the review part of this week's show. There wasn't too many fights last week. All those fights that I've just mentioned there of course all took place last week there wasn't too much to talk about and to be honest this week there's not too much to talk about either there's a few cards that I will mention in the preview part of the show coming up in part two of course but there is not too much so it's not going to be too much of me rambling on which is always probably a good thing but I'm going to start just before we bring on the first guest of this week's show, I just want to go to that funny part of the show, the funny name segment that we bring in, you know, every now and then. And because Ayaz is not here with the news this week, I thought that we could bring it in. And I tell you what, there is some absolutely brilliant names. You're going to love it. I'm telling you, you really, really are going to love it. Now, the first name that I found on BoxRec that's fighting this week is a guy, I'm going to mention his opponent. His opponent's name is Juki Tatsuyoshi. Now, Tatsuyoshi has a record of 5-0. and He's in there against a man with a record of five wins, eight losses, and one draw. This man is in there to lose, and his name is Monkey Shuhai. 
Okay, so that that was a contender this week for the funniest name. I like that one, Monkey Shoe High. And also another one which I found, it was pretty um, strange. It's, it's a card happening over in the Philippines. There's a guy in one corner called Carl James Martin who has a record of 2-0. and oh, And he's taking on a guy with a record of one win, eight losses and one draw. Remember, this is in the Philippines. And his name, I'm not kidding you, is Manny Mamakiao. And that is M-A-M-A, like mama, C-Q-U-I-A-O. So it's spelled exactly the same. It's Manny Mamakiao. So um, that one was quite bizarre. And finally, the winner, the absolute hands-down winner, also fighting in Philippines, this one in Manila. He's taken on a man called Roldan Aldea, who has a record of nine wins, three losses and one draw. It's a 10-rounder at super featherweight. This guy has won it hands-down. In the other corner, with a record of 10 wins, five losses, and one draw. It's always good to see a funny name fighter with a winning record. And his name is, wait for it, Benji Sugarnob. I am not kidding. I'm absolutely not kidding. Whack his name into box rec if you don't believe me, and you'll see that I'm talking the absolute truth. <laughs> what a name. So Benji Sugarnob wins this week's funny name fighter. Hands down. You know, no one has come close to that. I think that's probably the best name we've ever, ever done on this segment of the show, the funny name fighter. Now, as I said, there's no news on this week's show because Ayaz is absent once again. So um, before we end part one, there's one last thing to do, which is, of course, to welcome our first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that hasn't even lost a round in his career so far. He's, of course, bright prospect Craig Spider-Richards. Craig, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Now, Craig, 16 months ago to this day, you turned pro, okay? So 16 yep. months today, you've been a pro. So far, you've had five fights in that time. My first question is, are you happy with the progress that you've made thus far in the pro ranks? Yeah, I'm very happy with the progress I've made. Um, obviously, early in my first year, coming up to my first year, I weren't active as much as I probably would have liked to have been, but I was really busy of our stable and everything at the time. Um, but things have changed since then, so I'm very happy with what's happened, the progress and what I'm working towards. And got a great team, great promoter, so yeah, I couldn't be any happier, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I want to go back to your last fight, okay? I want to, I want to go back to your last fight. I didn't get to see it, but I know that you won every round. You won on points. Could you walk us through that fight? And also, I just want to get your take on how did it feel to box on the Brook Golovkin undercard in such a huge arena, Craig? Yeah, it was good. Um, well, going through the fight, I saw that I knew that I had a very, very tough, tough fighter who's um, in his eyes feels like he's a good prospect still and he feels like he's been managed wrong and I knew he's uh, sparked some great people leading up for the camp for our fight and he was in tremendous shape so I knew we was going to have a fight on our hands um, so leading up to the fight I heard that he, he was going to stick it on me stay on my chest etc so I kind of knew what the game plan was going to be so I just had to work him out of his own game plan and make him uncomfortable so I just let him come on a little bit until I started hitting him with flush shots to take him out of his rhythm once he felt my power and then um, yeah it was just kind of like from there just doing what I needed to do just counteract everything he wanted to do I felt like um, at times I could have I could have performed better at times like when I had had him on the ropes and the ref kept looking in I could have just stepped back and took him out but I think I was just more on for an accumulation of punches what I don't usually do so it's a it was a clean win but I learned a lot from it 
Yeah, and that's the most important thing at the end of the day. But Craig, what did you make of the main event? You know, what did you make of um, of of, Bro- of Kel Brook's valiant effort? I thought he put up a tremendous effort, and I think um, he definitely collected a lot more fans because he boxed very, very well. He's eye socket. I think he was even up on the scorecard. So if his eye socket never got broken, I believe that he could have, he could have possibly gone on to nip it on point. But we never know because a broken eye socket for seven rounds left with a tremendous punch like Golovkin ain't like you're going to really risk. That that could be the last fight of your career if you're going to go seven more rounds with him with a broken eye socket. So I think Cal made a very good account of himself. And yeah, he was a class fighter that night. Just obviously... Golovkin is is a bit of a beast. It's hard to beat beat the man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now you're back fighting in a place you know best tomorrow night. You're back out at York Hall. How are you feeling ahead of tomorrow night, Craig? Yeah, I feel good. It's good. It was a short camp. It'll be a new experience um, being out back to back quite quickly. So yeah, I feel confident. Uh, I do. I believe in my skills and abilities. So I feel confident and start there and do what I need to do and think back to all the things from my previous fights, which I thought I could have done better and put the piece of the puzzle together and go out and try and perform it tomorrow night. And what is the plan for you at the moment, career-wise, Craig? Will you be pushed into some sort of area title bout or perhaps onto something bigger for your first piece of silverware? And do you know when that's likely to be at this stage at all? Well, we are looking towards picking up a title, possibly um, maybe, maybe by the end of this year. So just got to sit down, just listen to the team, see what they draft up and um, see what titles I can go for and collect my first piece of silverware, really. See what we can get our hands on. Because I was going to ask you, providing all goes to plan tomorrow night, will you have another fight before the end of the uh, calendar year? But it seems like you're confident that you will. Yeah, I think I definitely will. Um, definitely be out by the end of the year. Definitely at least have one more fight by the end of the year. Okay, great stuff, great stuff. Now, I just wanted to touch on, for those that don't know, Craig, for those that um, are unfamiliar with yourself, what are some of the guys that you sparred with? I know that me and you had this conversation um, when we sat down together just at that press conference for Golovkin Brook, but for those that don't know, which guys have you sparred with? Which guys do you spar with regularly? Well, I spar with, like, maybe John Ryder, Anthony Gogo. Well, loads of like crew, couple cruiserweights, like heavyweights. I sparred in the past, as I said before, Gabriel Rosado. I sparred um, a lot of a lot of great fighters. Really, um, I have good preparation when it comes to sparring. You definitely don't get um, short on great sparring. Yeah. Never. Yeah, go on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go on. Yeah, no. It's just always always good names, big names, uh, experienced fighters, and strong fighters. We always like to spar the best to get us in uh, best preparation for our fights. Yeah, of course. And how did that spa come around with Gabriel Rosado? It's just it's crazy. I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah, it just started off with a conversation, really. It just kind of escalated. Someone talking to me, someone who knew me talking about me to someone who knew him, and they just kind of like ended up just arranging the spa to make me and him arrange to meet up and then sparred, and then that was it, really. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. And, Very um, straightforward. <laughs> and for the main event tomorrow night, well, I say it's the main event. I think it's actually like kind of chief support or whatever. Uh, Isaac Chamberlain takes on Wadi Camacho. It's a bit of an interesting one. There's a bit of needle between them both. How do you yeah. see that fight playing out? Because I know that Wadi's been at a higher level. He's the more experienced man. But Chamberlain, of course, undefeated, fresh, very confident. How do you see that one going, Craig? Yeah, I think Wadi's going to 
Well, exactly what you said. Wally Camacho is the experienced man in there. Um, but it's the question, have you seen better days? We don't know. Uh, Isaac Chamberlain's the young, fresh prospect with skills, hand speed, he's a fresher man. It's like, but can he deal with the experience of Wally Camacho? Is Wally Camacho's experience going to kick in? Or is it the young, fresh prospects um, who's fresh with skills who's going to come on top? So it's just really a question of who really steps up to the table. And it's going to be interesting. I could probably see Isaac Chamberlain maybe uh, nipping it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't really call it, but I would say, if anything, maybe Chamberlain might. Yeah. The fresher man might do it. Yeah. It no. depends on what, what he turns up, really, and what Chamberlain turns up. Because everyone can look great in the gym and have better nights. Sometimes people will have off nights. We never know. And that's the interesting thing about boxing. You can't really call it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that down to a T. And if if for some crazy reason, Craig, if for some crazy reason you were like a boxing promoter god, right, you could make any fight in world boxing. It's a bit of a fun question, right? If you if you owned yeah. every fight, you own Canelo, you own Mayweather. In fact, not Mayweather because he's just retired, but any current any current fighter, which fight would you make in world boxing if you could make any fight happen? Right now, I'd love to see Canelo Golovkin. Oh, Jesus, I love, yeah, I love Canelo that one. Because I think, I think Canelo's one of the best fighters on this planet, skill-wise, um, period. And we all know that Ken, uh, Golovkin's a tremendous puncher and he's, he's a lot cleverer than he looks from tracking you down, getting you tired. But I just can't see anyone being able to beat Canelo working on the inside. Yeah. He's, he's an intriguing one. It really is. Because, you know, Can- you can Canelo's solid. Canelo. Yeah, unless you can run away from him for 12 rounds which a lot of people can't, you're not going to sit on the inside and trade with him and beat him. I can't see Golovkin hitting him and making him fall apart. No, I can't see it. But both men don't know how to fight on the back foot. They're both uh, come forward fighters, isn't they? We've never seen them take a step back, either of them, but in it, their whole career, you know? You say that, but Canelo can, as we saw against even like Liam Smith. He let him come forward and sat on the ropes at times and counterpunch him. Even when he dropped him with a body shot, he was on the ropes with his back against the road he countered off of the left foot and whipped it up to his solar plate oh it's, it's, it's a juicy one that one though isn't it Craig <laughs> you know that was, a, that was a tremendous shot and that wasn't an accident he was watching watching looking for the gaps saw the gap wham hit him he, he's so clever people underestimate how clever Canelo is I can't see anyone trading with Canelo and beating him on the inside work he's too clever yeah, he has got a, he's got an underestimated boxing brain for sure. He really has. Even the finishing punch, as you say, in the Liam Smith fight, the way he just touched him upstairs, made his <laughs> hands come up. Oh, it was it was horrible, wasn't it? You know, he's, 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 Canelo is one of the best fighters on the planet, and I just I think I would love to see that fight and another fight. I would love Golovkin to um, fight Andre Ward. Oh, Craig, man! If you, honestly, if you was a promoter, man, you'd be the best promoter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe that Andre Ward would beat Golovkin, and Golovkin yeah. knows that as well. Well, he's two weight divisions up now, so I don't think that fight will ever happen. But um, it would have been good if they've both come to some sort of agreement when when Ward was at, at, at um, super middle, of course. But uh, I don't yeah. see it happening now, to be honest. But you enjoyed that that last question, there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that. So there's always fights in your head that you just want to see. Like, if I want to see Khan, Brooke, we want to see that fight happen. Khan can't run away from that fight forever. We need to see that fight. We, yeah. There's endless fights we'd love to see. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, Craig, just before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to thank anyone or, or give a message to anyone who may be listening at all. Now's the well, time to do so. First and foremost, I'd obviously love to thank my supporters who come out every time and support me. Um, of course, big thanks to Peter Sims. Um, he all, obviously, for everything he's done for me, um, for my career. He's made it all happen. And Eddie Hearn, of course, massive thanks to him and the whole matchroom team, really. Um, he looked after me and um, all my sponsors as well. And everyone who gives me time and I speak to in interviews and everything, I'd like to thank you as well. So there's a few of you I'd like to thank and you stayed apart and I just really appreciate it, really. Absolutely, man. Nice words. OK, listen, Craig, it's been great speaking with you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. Good luck for tomorrow. I'll be ringside cheering you on. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part is the preview part where we preview the fights coming up this week. As I said in part one, there's not too much to preview. We're going to start with a card taking place over in York Hall, Bethnal Green, London. Of course, the mecca of British boxing. Everyone um, has just about fought there, to be honest. Every every good champion that we've had from the past is, is a absolutely uh, tremendous boxing place for, for, for some of the fighters coming through and uh, the prospects and all the rest of it. Now, it's a bit of a, well, it's a matchroom show, so it's got a lot of their prospects on the bill, a lot of their um, undefeated prospects and what have you. So top of the bill is Reese Bellotti, 6-0. He takes on Ian Bailey. Uh, that should be a good fight. Wadi Camacho against Isaac Chamberlain. Wadi Camacho, 16 wins and five losses. Of course, he's mixed it at a higher level um, than Isaac Chamberlain in terms of pro ranks. Um, Isaac Chamberlain, 5-0. Of course, he's the challenger of Wadi Camacho's Southern Area Cruiserweight title. I know that there's a bit of a grudge match here. It's a bit of a grudge match. There's a bit of needle. I'm not sure who's started it all. I think that Isaac Chamberlain's kind of like, come on, I'm ready for you. And I think uh, Wadi Camacho is kind of like, listen, you're a kid, you know, you can't, you, you're too young, you're a, you're a little kid compared to me. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. It's a 10-rounder, that one. Also on the bill, Jake Ball, 6-0, his opponent yet to be announced, but it's good to see him out again, a real classy fighter, Jake Ball. That's in the light heavyweight division, of course. Craig Spider Richards is also on the bill. He looks to pick up his sixth career win. He hasn't even lost a round yet in his pro career. Really, really exciting fighter. Felix Cash is also on the bill. He looks to move to 3-0, his opponent yet to be announced. And also, finally, Ted Cheeseman, 5-0 going into this bout. His opponent yet to be announced, and he looks to pick up his sixth career win. So all the best to all the boys on that bill. But that's really it for York Hall. By the way, that card is set to take place on Thursday night. It will not be televised. So um, I think there may be tickets on the door. I'm not too sure, but you should really try and get down to that. I think ringside tickets are £100. I think um, other tickets you know anywhere else are 40 pound so it's a good price to see some of you know tomorrow's um good fighters really from 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 the uk it's always good to get out and show the prospects a bit of love which i'll be doing but that's really it for york hall as i said we're now going to move over to germany um nathan cleverly our very own nathan cleverly from wales of course he takes on the champion jürgen bremer this one's for jürgen bremer's wba world light heavyweight title jürgen bremer 48 
eight wins and two losses. What a record in his 50-fight career. Nathan Cleverly, 29 wins and three losses. This one should be a good fight. This is a fight that Nathan Cleverly's wanted for ages. I remember back when he was with Frank Warren, this fight was supposed to happen, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And now, finally, the fight has been made, and it's on, and it's happening. I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be on Sky Sports on Saturday night. It's a Sourland show, but it's got a couple of... It's got O'Hara Davies on the bill, for example, and it's got a couple of the um, the, the other Brits that the Sourlands promote, of course. So Jürgen Bremer cleverly will be a real, real good fight. I think that Jürgen Bremer, I don't really want to pick him to win. I think it's... Um, it's going to be a close, close fight. It's too hard to pick almost. It depends what Nathan Cleverly shows up. Because if it's the Nathan Cleverly that showed up against Tony Bellew, then he's definitely going to lose. But this is Nathan Cleverly back at light heavyweight, remember. A weight that he's naturally um, better at. So it'll be interesting to see what unfolds. I really, really hope that Cleverly can get the job done. And as I said, O'Hara Davis is also on the bill. He looks to move to 13-0. and He has a perfect record of 12-0 and at the moment. This is an eight-rounder at super lightweight, also known as 140. As I said his opponent is yet to be announced other names that are on this bill that the listeners would have heard of are um, a few other guys that are promoted by the Sowlands, as I said, some other Brits that they work with, which includes the likes of George Grove, so and so. But on this particular bill, David Price, which um, I haven't heard nothing about, and I was a bit reluctant to believe it was actually happening. David Price, I know he's supposed to be lined up with a fight happening with Dave Allen and and somewhat, which will be happening um, in October sometimes. So I'm surprised to see him on the bill here, but it is listed, so maybe it is happening. His opponent's yet to be announced. It's only just going to be a keep-busy fight, pretty much, but his record, 20 wins and three losses. Those three losses alter drug cheats, I may add. And uh, David Price also teamed up now with Dave Caldwell, a tremendous trainer, so I really hope that you know they can whip him into some sort of monster that we all thought he was at one point. And as I said, he's only lost to drug cheese so you know he's got a great 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 punch real real hard punch and i'd love to see him do big things because i really do like david price absolutely lovely guy and um i wish him all the best for saturday night and also on the bill another brit promoted by the sourlands antonia gogo he looks to move to 12 and 0 his record at the moment is 11 and 0 his opponent yet to be announced so it's got a bit of brit interest which is fantastic especially as it's going to be broadcasted on sky sports so three or four fights there with brits involved i'm not sure which ones will be shown on the telecast but i'm hoping we can get all of them also on that bill i should mention vincent feigenbutz 23 and 2 he takes on galermo ruben and dino 10 and one so um yeah good card that i'm looking forward to that one on saturday night but that's really it for germany we're now going to fly out to new zealand the way we move from continent to continent is pretty remarkable top of the bill over here joseph parker a man that's been on our show before and a man that is mandatory for anthony joshua's title again apparently he's the he's the front runner to get the fight with anthony joshua that was supposed to get announced this week, but it hasn't been announced before the show's gone out. So I can't tell you the details of that, but I'm sure I would have if I knew them. So Joseph Parker, 20 and 0, he takes on Alexander Dimitrenko, who has a record of 38 wins and two losses. Now, this should be a good fight, but I do want to remind people that Dimitrenko, you know, he lost years and years ago to Eddie Chambers and 
I mean, he hasn't really done much since then, to be completely honest. He, he hasn't really looked great. I mean, he's got a bit of a padded record when you think about it. He's got 40 fights under his belt, which is double the amount that Joseph Parker has. Joseph Parker being the younger, fresher of the guys, and it is for his WBO Oriental heavyweight title. He puts that on the line. So um, Dimitrenko, I'm sure he's going to turn up. And really, if he can, this is like his world title shot kind of thing. If he can beat Joseph Parker, suddenly he jumps up into title contention and he could end up nicking a world title fight, you know. So he'll really be giving it his all. And Joseph Parker really better not underestimate him here because um, this could really, you know, this is a potential banana skin. And it's uh, he is actually a tough opponent when you've got the Joshua fight in the future, in the very, very near future from what Eddie Hearn's been saying. So uh, all the best to Joseph Parker. Again, a real, real nice guy. A real nice guy. It was a pleasure having him on the show when he did come on. And we'll look to try and get him on again soon. So all the best to Joseph Parker on Saturday night. But that's it for New Zealand. Now, there's one last fight that I want to mention, which unfortunately I didn't mention in the review part of the show. Just one fight that I missed out. But that's it for the pre reviewing so the one fight is last week i actually said it was a strange one happening over in poland where a man who was six and oh called adam bowski was taking on valerie brudov former opponent of tony bellew and he was six and oh and he was taking on valerie brudov who had 52 fights under his belt and i tell you what adam bowski knocked valerie brudov out in round five so as i said i didn't know too much about adam bowski but i do now he must be a real real good fighter to get the job done that easy after just six pro fight so amazing stuff and we better keep our eyes open for him but that's really it for part two that's it for the preview and that's it for that last little review bit there which i missed out in part one so the last thing to do of course is to thank everybody for giving this show another listen once again i've got to say so i've been so so happy with the views that we've had lately it's been tremendous it really really has i really appreciate all the support remember you can get involved in the conversation on twitter at box hard podcast i'd like to thank our one guest that took part in this week's show craig spider richards i wish him all the best of luck for tomorrow night as i said before that will be thursday night once again thank you very much for giving this week's show a listen and we'll be back next week with another big show as always until then my friends take care <laughs>